Believing Weakness Podcast. Kids are soft. You like discipline. But I've got news for you. You're not gonna have your mommy's run behind you anymore and wipe your little cushions. Oh no, it's time now to turn this mush into muscles. Hey everybody, welcome back. What I want to talk about today is my personal experience with finding out that I had low testosterone and all the bullshit that I went through trying to get it taken care of until the point kind of came along that I basically took matters into my own hand. And what I want to try and accomplish here is is kind of giving you guys the information that I wish I would have had that would have saved me a hell of a lot of money, a hell of a lot of headaches, and would have gotten my health in order and got me feeling better a hell of a lot quicker. So I first suspected that I might have testosterone probably about three years ago. I think it was around the beginning of 2016, and I had just celebrated my 29th birthday, and I started to notice... A lot, of change or, a lot of changes in my overall sense of well-being. Uh, things just really didn't feel right to me anymore, and I really couldn't make sense of it because I worked out every day, maintained a really well-rounded diet, uh, and I took all the right supplements that we're told we're supposed to take, you know, the D3 and all that other shit. But the problem was is I constantly felt lethargic as fuck, guys. And I don't mean just... Like, I felt like I needed an afternoon nap. I mean, straight-up lethargy. I couldn't focus. My quality of sleep was just terrible. And I felt gassed out pretty early on into my workouts, too. You know, after 15 minutes, I was just, like, zapped. And, you know, it wasn't something that just kind of happened all at once. It it took several months to get to a breaking point. And although I wasn't having any issues with erectile dysfunction, my sex drive that I had just really wasn't there anymore. I mean, I could have sex just fine, you know, do it a couple times throughout the night, whatever, still thought about sex, could get it hard, but I just wasn't that sexually driven person with like that primal sexual desire and sexual energy that I used to be whenever I was younger. So the the next thing that has to be addressed in all this is what I think caused me to have low testosterone. You see, most guys start to see a, a drop anyways in their natural test levels around the age of 30. And I honestly think that a lot of my issues with this were actually stress-related. Now, I've, at the time, had an incredibly demanding job where I was working 14-hour days. And, you know, it was a high-stress situation where I basically had to oversee... 50-some-odd employees, and every day was just a nightmare, putting out fire and taking care of issue after issue. We had also just had our second kid, and I was also remodeling my very first rental property that I had purchased, and I was doing a lot of that rehabilitation on that rental property all on my own because I had some previous carpentry experience. So you put all those together, you know, I mean, that's that's quite a bit of stress. And, and I know that there's been some studies out there, you know, showing the stress hormone cortisol actually being able to just fucking smash your endocrine system as far as testosterone levels. So, yeah, high levels of stress can absolutely take a, a toll on your testosterone levels. And I'm sure, that, like I said, there's some studies out there that you can find. There's probably going to be more of them coming out over the, the next several years. Um, like I said, that hormone is cortisol and it's catabolic which means it is muscle wasting um, and, and it's it's also released from the adrenal glands in response to stress so what basically happens there is cortisol levels rise in the bloodstream once the body is exposed to physical mental or emotional stress and the hormonal imbalance actually causes those side effects like weight gain you know you're increased appetite and even like cardiovascular issues like they're getting gassed out in workouts i mean it's the corporate the, the culprit behind the whole stress eating disorder that people claim to have and it directly competes with testosterone 
Therefore, you know, your high cortisol levels can actually completely sabotage your natural uh, test production. But there's some other things that can cause low, low testosterone, like having too high of estrogen levels. You know, whenever you go get your blood, blood levels checked, that's, that's, uh, any good doctor should first definitely check to make sure that you aren't, uh, you, your estrogen levels aren't too high because too high estrogen will actually decrease your testosterone. Uh, other issues are environmental pollutants. The poor diet, having too, like having a deficiency in vitamin D, shitty genetics, believe it or not, do pay, play a role in there, and also, you know, other hormonal imbalances like the estrogen and the cortisol. Now, I live in a more, more rural area of the United States, closer to the Midwest, and most doctors in this area really aren't forward-thinking enough or haven't been trained or educated to deal with symptoms of low testosterone in this area. Now, on the, the West Coast and the East Coast or in major cities, you know, they're, they're everywhere, uh, these rejuvenation clinics or whatever the hell you want to call them. But the doctors in this area, they just aren't very willing to treat people for te low testosterone, nor are they very comfortable in giving out prescriptions for hormones like test because I mean testosterone is a schedule three substance and to the, these guys it's like you know playing for better or for worse playing a drug dealer which I think that's what most doctors are anyways but unfortunately my general practitioner uh, fell into that category of just I'm not going to do that for you poorly educated doctors behind the times. I told that guy about all the issues I was having, and the first thing he did was have me come in the next morning and provide, you know, fasted blood samples, as he should. And you see that this is also an issue because your testosterone levels are the absolute highest first thing in the morning, which is why guys get morning erections. But your testosterone levels decline fairly rapidly throughout the day. So the number my doctor got was kind of like my all-time best instead of my normal functioning numbers throughout the day. Now, things didn't go very good at all, at least not the way I wanted them to when I went back for that follow-up appointment because we went over my blood work and we found out that my vitamin D levels and my estrogen were all just superior. But I could tell right away that my testosterone levels were complete fucking shit. So my total testosterone was only at 175 nanograms per deciliter. So to put this in perspective, the average level for a 30-year-old is supposed to be between somewhere between like 500 and 700 nanograms per deciliter. Now, I was certain at this point that my fucking doctor was going to give me a sweet-ass prescription for some testosterone because my levels were almost half of what they should have been. But... Guess what? That didn't fucking happen. In fact, he told me something kind of like this. Your levels aren't that bad, Scott. You're still in the functional range. Hell, my testosterone levels are probably less than 100, but I still get around okay. Guys, my doctor was a 75-year-old fucking man. And besides, I didn't want to just be fucking functional. I wanted to live my life and not just simply exist. So with multiple doctor visits and lab tests and all this other shit, I probably spent around 400 bucks and, and I wasn't any better off than before. And it's just, it was ridiculous. So, you know, ultimately I found out that I had low testosterone, but my asshole doctor made it pretty clear he wasn't going to do any favors for me to help me out. So I basically spent the next six months trying to come to terms with what my doctor had told me, but my continued decline in sense of well-being was, it was getting worse. Then I had started getting symptoms of depression and just felt weak in both body as well as mind. So I, I took a chance and ordered some sort of like online blood test that I could take to any like lab corp corporation uh, location 
with without having to go to the doctor. And this time I went in the middle of the day because I wanted a more realistic number of what my testosterone levels actually were. Now, when I got the results in the mail, I was pretty fucking shocked to find out that my total testosterone was only about 130. Might have been 132. I mean, it was right around there. So no wonder I felt like shit. I had the test levels of a fucking 60-year-old man. So I took the blood work to my doctor, and I told him about the quality of my life just getting worse, and my marriage was going down the drain and all this other shit and couldn't get it hard on. I mean, I was laying it down pretty thick, you know, over-exaggerating the picture just because I I wanted this guy to do something about it. But that asshole basically told me the same thing and recommended me a a good uh, therapist counselor that could give me some more uh, emotional support. I was pretty fucking pissed, and I told him that the only counseling that needed to take place was him going back and taking a course on basic endocrinology, and that was the last time I ever saw that doctor. But the key here is that I now I, I had multiple blood tests proving that I had low testosterone. So I spent the next two months going to different doctors until I found someone who was willing to give me the treatment I needed. And I basically found a urologist that was about two hours away that finally gave me a, a script for tests. Uh, and I was fucking ecstatic. Now, the point here is, you know, it's becoming more and more common that, for guys to be diagnosed with low testosterone. And if you're finding yourself in the same predicament uh, that I was with doctors who aren't forward-thinking or open enough to even deal with the issue, uh, don't don't give up. Because what we can do now with technology and the power of the Internet is we can take our health into our own hands. I mean, there's this really crazy thing called Google where if you ask it a question, it'll tell you the answer, and it's usually right. So I had to shop around with several other doctors until I got what I needed, but I'm glad I did because using a simple steroid like testosterone completely changed my life for the better. And I'm very concerned that there's other guys out there who may be at the same point that I was at where they're getting severely depressed or maybe even they're getting suicidal because of low testosterone and they don't even know how to deal with it. I mean, having low testosterone is no fucking joke. And it can ruin marriages. It can destroy careers. It can take a real number on people if gone untreated. So, you know, people can demonize certain steroids like testosterone and calm the devil's drug and all this other shit. But for guys like me, and other people listening, this is testosterone is a life-saving medicine. So basically, you need to go get some blood work done or see a qualified doctor if you've got any of these symptoms I'm going to read off. You get erectile dysfunction. Now, if you've been under living under a rock and you don't know what the hell erectile dysfunction is, it's where you can't pop a boner. You have a lack of sex drive. You feel depressed, you're starting to gain weight, and the food that you're eating isn't metabolizing very well anymore. You're, you're having brain fog. You know, you're not being able to, to focus throughout the day. You have that feeling of lethargy that I described earlier that I experienced. You've got a lack of motivation. You, you're an, Another issue, and, and I did start kind of getting some of this towards the end right before I got on testosterone, was uh, irregular sleeping patterns or insomnia. You know, you're waking up in the middle of the night, you're sleep eating, things like that. Feelings of anxiety, that's a big one. Uh, Or trouble putting on muscle. You know, you feel gassed, gassed out during the workouts. Your workouts aren't really providing you the same, you know, level of progress that they once did. And it seems almost like, well, what's the point anymore? So here's what taking testosterone has done for me. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys and and bullshit you. I've ran cycles of testosterone before in in my earlier 20s. And once ever so many years, you know, I would try a performance-enhancing substance. Could that have played a part in that? You know, know, it's definitely possible. But, you know, I'd probably went 
three or four years without using anything before I really started to feel like shit in my late 20s. So I think it was more of a stress-related thing. Uh, and I, And at that time, you know, I was living a very healthy lifestyle. Um, but like I said, here's what using test over the past few years has, has done for me. When I'm just wanting to run a cruise cycle, I usually do 250 milligrams per week of testosterone and anthate, or what's also known in this situation as one cc or one milliliter of oil. But there are times when I'm going to bump it up for a duration of time to put on a little bit more size, and that's what's also known as blasting. So cruising is where you run your, your base just slightly above uh, normal levels, which is the 250 milligrams. And then after I've cruised for a while, I'll do the blast, which is where I bump the levels up for a little while. So just riding at that 250 mgs per week makes me feel like a million bucks compared to what I used to. Like now, just when I'm on 250 milligrams, I feel fucking great. It's night and day. My sex drive is awesome. I have an awesome sense of well-being. I sleep better, and I actually feel like there's a point to lifting weights again. Today's sponsor is Proven Peptides. Proven Peptides is the industry leader in high-quality American-made SARMs. While other SARM companies claim to give you pure and tested SARMs like RAD140 and LGD, these folks actually prove it by third-party testing each and every damn batch of product and then publishing the results on their website for the entire world to see. They also offer a money-back guarantee and a one-day handling period, as well as an over-the-phone customer service department where you actually get to speak to a damn human being. So if you're looking for high-quality SARMs and other research chemicals like S4, Cardron, and MK677, go to ProvenPeptides.com and enter the discount code LEAVEWEAKNESS. Again, that's discount code LEAVEWEAKNESS to receive 10% off your entire order. Now, we've talked about me and my experience. This is where I kind of want to help you guys out that think that you either want to go down the anabolic path to live that lifestyle or you actually do need testosterone replacement therapy or you you just have overall hunch that your levels are shit so this is what i would do had i known then what i know now how i would go about getting that prescription for trt you know I would have done things completely different. So if you guys will follow the exact process that I'm about to outline for you, you're going to save a shitload of time, a lot of money, and a lot of headaches, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. Now, as I said, low T starting to become a widespread epidemic with the younger guys. It's really fucking frustrating how difficult it can be to get a script for a critical and basic hormone. I mean, it's especially cumbersome in my area of the country, in the Midwest. So the first thing you want to do is review the symptoms of low test and determine, you know, how many of them apply to your life and and your situation. Now, the, the next thing that most of you guys are going to want to do is schedule an appointment with your doctor. You need to refrain from doing that. Because it could be a critical fucking mistake in getting adequate treatment. Yes, I said do not schedule the appointment with the doctor. Depending on your doctor and their willingness to treat hormone deficiencies, you might not get anything out of them, which is what happened to me. Your doctor might hear your complaints. If he takes your concerns serious, he'll schedule you an appointment to get blood work and this is going to be expensive as fuck, even with insurance. The, the doctor then is going to make his call whether or not he thinks you're a candidate for TRT, if he's even comfortable going down that path. Most doctors are, are, are older, they're pretty conservative on this, and they would, they'd rather give you an, a script for endless amounts of highly addictive opioids than some fucking hormones, and that's 
that's just a lot of the bureaucracy with the medical industry and that's that's a whole nother podcast in and of itself and we're not going down here let's stick with the hormone thing uh but like i said after that he's probably going to want to schedule you for a follow-up appointment and a follow-up blood test just to make sure that those numbers were accurate and there wasn't some sort of anomaly and this that's just a way to make more money out of you honestly now there's a chance he still will refuse to give you the replacement therapy depending on your doctor there's a lot of docs out there that actually require that you have almost no production whatsoever before they'll even consider uh, you a candidate. I know that sounds crazy, but it's it's a lot more common than what you guys would believe. So if you seek a second opinion, that doctor might send you through the same fucking process all over again. I've been there. I've done it. So you're going to find yourself doing the same cycle over and over, and it's not the kind of cycle we want to do, believe me, pun intended. And being out of hundreds of dollars because the blood work isn't fucking cheap. Neither are doctor's appointments. You know, I mean, these doctors think we're made out of money and to them, that's kind of all we are is just money. But here's exactly what I would do uh, to get a script. Save yourself the bullshit of going to every fucking lab in town and multiple doctor visits. Instead, find you uh, a couple of really good online uh hormone blood tests like i know there's one uh, i've used before yourlabwork.com there's another one that's really cool called letsgetcheck.com uh and they actually have like an app that you can download on your phone you can like really get in there and see all the different profiles of your hormone panel and your blood work and everything like the, the app is pretty pretty badass um, now I don't have any coupon codes or anything like that. I've just used them before and know that they're pretty good companies, but you know, there's dozens of these sort of online blood work companies out there and they are, they cost like a fraction of the cost from being sent to various labs by your doctor because the doctors get kickbacks for that shit. Believe me, just make sure you get a test that will check both your free and your total testosterone levels, and it's a, a cost-effective option. But definitely don't don't just settle on those two that I mentioned. I mean, do some checks. Find out which one is the most affordable and has the, the best profile. And with these online blood work companies, they all kind of like have, they all kind of like work the same way. Once you receive the test, either in the mail or by email, you're going to take it to a qualifying lab close to you to get your blood work drawn. A few weeks later, you receive the results either uh, through mail or email uh, that the lab sent them from your blood, blood work. It's at this point where you will be able to read the blood work and determine what your testosterone levels actually are. Uh, now, I suggest you Google, get on Google and type in like, testosterone levels by age and then a bunch of charts are going to come up if you don't know what your ideal levels are you need to google that again that's just type in get on the google machine bing whatever ideal or just just type in testosterone levels by age and you will find a chart that will tell you where you should be that's where you make the call so at this point you've got your results from whatever online lab that you chose so there is no need to go to your doctor and require another fucking blood test like what they're going to want to do when you tell your doctor about your problems you need to be really damn sincere or they are not going to take you serious at all i mean you've got to lay it on pretty thick before they will listen and you got to give it to them with the utmost conviction I basically had to tell my doctor that my hormone imbalances were affecting my career and my marriage was on the rocks. I didn't have a sex drive and it was causing problems in the bedroom. My wife wanted a divorce, couldn't concentrate at work. My life was falling the fuck apart. I was almost suicidal, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you got to do that to get to the point with this stuff, guys. And I know 
I'm sit, I kind of sound like an asshole because I was kind of over exaggerating the problems, but you're going to kind of have to. They're not going to fucking take you serious. And you want these people to take you serious before it gets more serious. And you do start having major side effects. Now, if your doctor isn't sympathetic, you're going to have to take that blood work to another doctor. The best thing to do is to find an endocrinologist that's an actual expert in the human hormone system. Those aren't very common in a lot of areas of the country. And, you know, you usually have to book an appointment with them to see if they're even accepting patients. Because uh, they, they rarely have openings because they're kind of in high demand right now. I eventually found success by going to that urologist uh, who was actually sympathetic enough to write me a script for TRT. I'm going to give you guys a forewarning. Some doctors beat around the bush and try and use other means of getting your testosterone levels up. Um, this is pretty common, actually, for them to uh, subscribe a bunch of cheap bullshit like HCG to tell your nuts start kicking kicking in again. Excuse me. Um HCG is a pregnancy hormone, and when guys use it, it basically gives like this temporary false signal for your nuts to start producing sperm again. Sometimes this works, but most often it just it's kind of a temporary band-aid over a much bigger problem. I've never heard of anybody that had low testosterone and used HCG for a permanent fucking fix. Like HCG kind of works best as a literal kick in the nuts after post-cycle therapy to kind of give you a nudge where you want to be. And, you know, that's it's just a fucking another way of making the patients more frustrated and just another expensive way to deal with the inevitable problem. In the end, most guys end up going one of these three routes. They stick through it and eventually get a, a prescription for test, like I did. They do that or they go on self-induced TRT and buy steroids without a prescription. Or three, they give up and just feel like shit the rest of their fucking lives. If you stumbled upon this podcast, then you decided to take your health into your own hands to some extent. So let's just assume option three is out of the fucking question. So let's keep going here. Uh... Another thing that you might have trouble with uh, with some of these doctors is they might only want to prescribe you a really small amount with injections only happening once every couple weeks. They might even try to push some fucking deconate ester or some really long ester on as your your script. The decanate ester it's a long-acting ester that is attached to the hormone and it prolongs the release of the drug. It's really not something I would suggest that you be okay with. Um, sure, every other week injections sound really convenient, but ultimately it results in pretty unstable hormone levels within the blood. And we want stable levels in the blood so we feel really good all the time. See, one of my best friends who was actually uh, in the military, he was stationed in the Middle East for three and a half years, I think. And when he came back from overseas, man, his fucking testosterone levels were completely shot. I mean, he was he was in a bad situation over there. Uh, now, when he came back, him and his wife were trying to do the baby thing, you know, and that happened. And then after that, I mean, he just felt like shit, like crazy. And, and he, he went and got his levels checked, man. And he was even lower than I was. Um, he found a doctor who prescribed him a hundred migs of testosterone once every two weeks, which is fucking crazy. So he'd feel really good that first week. By the end of the second week, he'd feel like complete shit again. That's because, one, 100 milligrams really isn't that much testosterone to begin with, in my opinion. Second, the half-life is so long that, I mean, it it basically starts to clear out of your system by that second week. You know, so he's going through these up and downs of feeling pretty decent and then feeling pretty shitty. Uh, Testosterone enanthate has a half-life, I think, of like 10 days. 
but it usually starts to degrade after five days, I think. That's why weekly injections are idea for hormonal stability. And if you get testosterone, either get cypionate or get an anthate. Um, those are like middle of the road esters that you can take once per week. The the testosterone begins to decline about halfway through his injection schedule, so his body basically didn't have any testosterone after you know at all until his next injection. My buddy. And he told me he'd literally feel okay, and then the next week he would feel like mashed up asshole. So, like I said, get a medial ester like cypionate or an anthate. Find a doctor who's going to subscribe a weekly injection supply. I'd also advocate for somewhere, you know, 250 milligrams per week is ideal because you're going to be slightly above the, the normal level, and that's what we all want. But, you know, if 175 to 200 is the best you can get, then, then do that, you know, and then kind of save up, you know, save your, your doses a little bit to where you can blast and cruise a little bit here and there, you know. All right. Now, the next part I want to talk about is how to safely do this, because if you're listening to this, you know, you've probably already thought about either getting TRT or running cycles. And anytime people think about stuff, they pretty much already know what they're going to do, whether they're going to do it or not. So if you're listening to this, there's a good strong possibility you probably already decided to go down that path. And maybe you're just listening to this to get all the inf information that you need to do it right. And that's kind of what I want to provide you with here because that information isn't just floating around, you know, for people that maybe don't know what questions to ask. So, you know, the thing to remember, though, is anabolic steroids have a negative stigma attached to them, and rightfully so to a certain extent because they have the potential to cause side effects, especially if the person using them doesn't understand every aspect of what they're putting in their body as well as the chemical changes that take place. But, you know, some of that fault is also a result of how our society educates its citizens because most people have the perception that simply taking a hormone will make you a better athlete or a jacked fucking super beast, and that's just not how it works. You know, the, the sauce is just a very small aspect of it, and, you know, some people, it's 30% of their entire, you know, training and diet and everything. You know, for some people, it only makes up that 5% of the icing. It's just everybody's different and everybody's body responds different to this shit. The results are largely dependent on your nutrition, your workouts, consistency, and most importantly, your work ethic. Those anabolics will help deliver faster results and fill in some of the genetic gaps and put you in overall advantage, but they're not going to do everything for you. A lot of that is built on hard, solid work ethic. So, like I said, there's a safe way to do this, and there's a shit ton of biased information all over the internet and internet forums, guys. You know, I, I honestly... I know the subject here, I'm going over a lot of the stuff, but I don't necessarily condone the use of, of steroids. But if you're going to use gear, you need to know how to do it safely. And it's all about having a good experience and avoiding the side effects. Because ultimately, this is a lifestyle about being healthy more so than anything else. So a beginner cycle, in my opinion, just needs to be testosterone only. Testosterone is a hormone that your body already produces. So it's something that's, you know, it's going to feel somewhat familiar to you. And this is, this is going to allow you to understand how your body reacts to that base hormone. Starting with just one single compound will make it a lot easier to assess and negate any unwanted side effects. But, you know, on your first cycle, if you start stacking more than one steroid, you know... It's going to be harder to figure out where the side effects are coming from. And that's when you start having problems, when you can't pinpoint what's causing the issue. So you know, hey, this is where the problem's coming from. 
this is what I need to do about it. So with this, you know, I, I would advise people take the mindset of, you know, the tortoise and the hare type situation, you know, slow and consistent one step at a time and maintain the mindset that this is, you know, a marathon, not a race. So your, your first cycle, what do you need? Well, and I, and I'm going to go over this because sometimes doctors won't even tell you what you fucking need. But, you know, if you're going to do this, you need to know. You're going to need alcohol wipes. I mean, you can get those at the damn dollar store for $2 for a box of 100 of them. You're going to need syringes. Uh, I would suggest 22 or 23 gauge. Three cc's, which is three milliliters uh, per syringe. That's how much oil it'll fit into it. Uh, and preferably one inch needles. You're going to need some bottles of test. I, like I said earlier in this podcast, I'd go for a, a medial ester like cypionate or an anthate. A couple other things you're going to need. You're definitely going to need a Remedex, which is also known as a Nastrozole. Now, what is a Remedex? A Remedex is basically a breast cancer medicine uh, that doctors prescribe to women, but Men can use it to negate side effects like gynecomastia, which is where you used too much testosterone, your estrogen spikes, and you start, you know, getting what's harshly known as bitch tits. But Arimidex is great because it's only like 40% active, um, so it's not going to crash your estrogen levels because guys actually need a small amount of estrogen in their body. Now, depending... <laughs> on if you're going to stay on this shit for the rest of your life or not, or if you're going to do post-cycle therapy, you may or may not need some other things like Clomid, Novadex, and HMG, you know, but that's for you to decide whether you want to stay on this shit the rest of your life or not. So getting into the nitty gritty of this, you know, let's talk about some dosing. Most, most vials of test that are real are going to be dosed between 200 and 250 milligrams per milliliter. You don't want to get anything higher than that because it's going to contain a really high amount of benzyl alcohol in order for the hormone to be absorbed into the oil whenever it was being processed and cooked. Now, what's the problem with that? You know, I mean, alcohol, you know, it, it kills bacteria and things, but having too much of that, you know, having too much of that in... Uh, a product, it's going to cause some irritation and some infection-like symptoms. I know some of you are going to be tempted to buy you know, uh, the, the better deal of a 500 milligram testosterone, but trust me when I say it just isn't fucking worth it. You're going to find yourself dealing with some bad post-injection pain with that high milligram product. So stay away from the 500 milligram testosterones and stick with something like a testosterone and anthate 250. That's, that's the go-to right there. And, you know, hey, even worse is that some labs like to kill the alcohol pain with these high milligram products with an extremely toxic, toxic chemical called ethyl olate or what's also known as EO. And that basically acts like a numbing agent, kind of like lidocaine. But uh, the problem is it's really toxic to the fucking body. And a whole lot of people are allergic to it. And it causes seriously bad irritation and swelling. And I've, I used a product that was a high milligram product once. And it had ethyl olate in it, man. And I thought I, thought I was going to have to go to the hospital because I, I, you know, did it in the glute. And... You know, at first it kind of stung a little bit, but then there was like no pain. I was like, oh shit, you know, that ain't so bad. Well, I didn't realize it was the ethyl olate numbing the alcohol. And a day later, man, you know, my glute was just sore as fuck, man. I was like, God, man, I mean, I'm really hurting. And the day after that, the whole cheek was just red, swollen, and hot. And I was like, holy fuck. How could, how could I get an infection? You know, I mean, I'm super clean. You know, I, you know, use plenty of alcohol. You know, I sterilize the shit out of everything. You know, wipe down the vials. Turns out it was the ethyl olate. And it took like a whole week for the pain and the irritation to go away. Um, 
Now, like I said, you know, there's several forms of testosterone, but they're all essentially the same hormone. I mean, there's testosterone. The only difference is the esters that are attached to the testosterone or the hormone. Now, an ester is a molecule that's attached to to that that compound or the hormone to control the rate of the release of the the drug the like the the it controls the release of it in your body before the hormone starts unraveling all the different te- types of testosterone like i said they're all the same fucking hormone but the different esters determine how how long of a release it has within the body and you know how often you're going to have to inject you want to get that sipinate or that enanthate ester um, they're both medial esters and they're pretty much interchangeable. I mean, some people say that the enanthate gives them a little bit less water retention, but honestly, guys, I, I can't tell a fucking difference. Um, and if you get the medial ester, you know, you only have to do your, uh, injection once a week. You know, I suggest staying the fuck away from test prop. <laughs> That's a daily thing, you know, test base. You don't just stay away from that shit. Um, I want to give you a couple options here based on your priorities and your budget. Now, um, the first option is the one vial steroid cycle, which was kind of made famous by John Doe bodybuilding. Um, it's basically a pyramid cycle, which only lasts eight weeks. Um, and it will certainly give you some decent results for a small amount of money, a small investment. It gives you decent results. I've done done this done it before. Um, it's good for beginners. However, I prefer a more traditional cycle, you know, uh, without the pyramids for a ten to twelve week period. Uh, because I mean, I just like consistently dosing instead of the pyramid stuff. But that's just me. And you know, eight weeks never really seemed like it was long enough for me to feel like I got everything that I desired out of it or expected. And I always just felt like there was way more progress to be made that went unrealized. But like I said, I mean, the one vial steroid cycle is a good option for a first run. So, I mean, here's kind of how you do it. You get a single vial of test, an anthate or cypionate. You're going to start your weekly injections with a really conservative dose. And you're going to peak in the middle with two cc's and work your way back down. Just go up and then work your way down. Um, now keep in mind, you know, a CC is the same thing as a milliliter. So don't let that confuse you if you don't know that. So for example, here's how that would work. Your first week, you do half a CC. Second week, do a full CC. The third week, do one and a half CCs. The fourth week and the fifth week, you're doing two CCs on those weeks. And then you start working your way down on week six at 1.5 CCs, week seven, one cc, one cc, and then week eight, you're back at a half cc. Then you're starting your PCT, um, and that's a I would suggest a four four week PCT for sure. Um, now option two, some more traditional way to go. Uh, I like this idea better because the dosing is consistent with little hormone spikes, um, and, it, and I personally feel like this option would allow you to make better overall gains. It's pretty straightforward too. You're going to inject two cc's one time a week for 10 to 12 weeks and then follow up with a PCT if if you're cycling. Uh, if you're not cycling, well, I mean, you're blasting and cruising. So you, there are several places uh, you can give yourself a shot, but I would suggest either doing it in the, the butt cheek, which is the glutes, or doing it and the side delts. Uh, it's ideal to do shots in the glutes because it's such a large muscle group and it can easily handle the oil you're, you're putting into it. Um, however, there's certain things that work better uh, if you know, you're giving yourself uh, shots in the side delts, you know, especially if it's an everyday small amount. You know, sometimes that's better. Um, this is easier to kind of do that by yourself for some people have a hard time reaching around, but, um, giving yourself a shot in the ass the first several times you do it. I mean, it just kind of feels awkward. And I, I never felt in the beginning that I ever really get myself a, gave myself a good poke. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever gave myself a shot, man, I was fucking, I probably went through fucking 
30 alcohol wipes, man, just sterilizing my ass over and over because I would take the shot and I'd try and poke it in one spot. And I was like, ah, that's, that's not the right spot. And by the time it was over with, man, it looked like someone played fucking darts with my ass. Um, but a, a couple of things that you're going to need, like, like I said, are those alcohol wipes. You're going to need 22 to 23 gauge syringes, 3cc, one inch, preferably. The alcohol is what you're going to use to clean the surface of your skin, and you'll want to use a separate wipe to clean the outer surface of your vials. I, I, you know, some people don't think that's overkill. I think sterilization, you can't be over sterile with this shit, you know. I mean, don't pull a Greg Valentino and <laughs> fucking sterilize your fucking injection area or your vials with fucking baby wipes. And, hey, if you drop a fucking needle, throw it the fuck away. Um, if that syringe, the actual fucking needle touches anything other than a sterilized part of your skin or a sterilized part of a vial, man, fucking toss it. That's how you get fucking infections. Um, cleanliness and sterilization are the most important part of this whole process, guys. And the last thing you want to do is get a fucking infection or cyst. Now, it's pretty obvious this, what the syringes are for. I personally think that a 22 gauge is best for drawing out your oil and doing the injection. Now, as you get a little bit more advanced, you'll probably figure out that <clears throat> every time that needle pierces something, especially um, a steroid vial, the, the, the rubber stopper on it, it slightly dulls the syringe down to where it doesn't go pierce the skin quite as, uh, you know, cleanly, you know. Um, you know, you got to push it in a little bit further, uh, or with a little bit more force, uh, because every time, you know, you put that syringe into something, it, it doles it. And so what a lot of guys do is they get like an 18 gauge, um, uh, top needle and they'll throw it on top of their, um, syringe and they'll draw out with that and they'll switch back over to a 22 when they're ready to put it into the skin. Uh, but that's more of a little bit more of an advanced technique. Um, but it's extremely important. You always dispose the syringe when you're done with the injection, and you never, ever fucking reuse a needle. You will get fucking sick. And if all of this sounds ridiculous to you, or, you know, you're like, oh, it's fucking stupid. That sounds like a pain in the ass to be that thorough with cleanliness and sterilization. You, you, ha you have no fucking business fucking with this shit because anybody who's going to be that ignorant and think that that's not necessary those are the people that you hear about in fucking magazines and news and shit whining about how they fucking get sick off steroids or they got roid rage it's people that don't understand the shit that give the shit a bad name so another thing that you need to know about is how to prevent gyno and estrogenic side effects so aromatase is a chemical reaction that can occur whenever you have too much testosterone in your body. See, whenever testosterone levels get too high, the aromatase enzyme uh, that's in your body, it'll start converting that testosterone into estrogen. This is the reason why you, you hear about bodybuilders getting gyno and teenagers getting bitch tits during puberty. Now, the testosterone levels um, are so high that the body just doesn't know what to do with it in a lot of these cycles. So it converts over to estrogen. It just kind of spills over. So the body's got to do something with it, so it converts it to another hormone. So bodybuilders, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, a lot of them in inject absurd amounts of synthetic testosterone and other things that cause gyno, and they have to take pharmaceutical uh, aromatase inhibitors to mitigate the, the estrogen spikes in gyno. Um, so something like Remedex, or what's also known as anestrozole, it works by preventing that uh, testosterone from converting over to estrogen. Now, everyone's different, and some will be more sensitive to those estrogen side effects than others. I mean, hell, I, I know one guy um, who's ran insane amounts of fucking tests before. I mean, a fucking gram of tests per week, and he had no issues with fucking estrogen. I mean, he didn't even have to use an AI, which I, I can't make fucking sense of, but I, I would suggest you maintain 
a better safe than sorry mindset and not take any of those fucking chances. Because uh, that guy that I just mentioned, I mean, that guy is a fucking anomaly. Um, so I I would get some Arimidex to have on fucking hand. And if you can't afford it or whatever to have it as backup in case shit hits the fan, you don't fucking need to be fucking with this shit. Part of this is if you're going to do this, you need to have all the the tools in the arsenal in case shit hits the fan on you ready. Um, I personally suggest using, you know, half a milligram every other day of Arimidex anytime I go over, you know, 350 per week of tests just to be safe. I mean, it reduces water retention. So, and like I said, it's got like a 40% interaction rate that Arimidex, so it's not going to crush your estrogen levels. So, the, the next thing we need to talk about is PZD. Um, PCT is an acronym for post-cycle therapy. Now, this is the process that you need to go through following a cycle of uh, anabolics or, or any other compound, really, that's, that's anabolic, like a SARM or anything, um, or even pro-hormones. Uh, I mean, the entire purpose of PZT is to bring your body back to homeostasis by restoring your natural testosterone production. I mean, anytime you run a cycle, you give your body a big-ass burst of exogenous hormones, and the body reacts to the synthetic hormones you give it by suppressing its own natural production. And it doesn't need to produce anything because you're providing it with whatever compound you're taking. So your body's like, shit, why do I have these nuts producing testosterone whenever he's giving me shots of testosterone so you sh- your, your nuts shut down that's just how it works i mean it's frogs and bees right there so unless you plan on being on gear the rest of your life and blasting and cruising pt pct is a must now i'm going to tell you guys a little bit of a shitty fucking story i didn't know anything about post-cycle therapy pct or anything uh, the first time I used gear, and it was fucking horrible. The first time I used testosterone, I was 19, and I didn't know shit from Shinola. And I had, I, honestly, I had I had no re- reason to be using it anyways. I mean, 19's too fucking young. But I thought it was a great idea anyways. I let some dumbasses at the fucking local gym talk me into it. But I bought one vial of, of test from a friend of a friend of a friend uh, without knowing anything about PCT, AIs, or any of that shit. And a lot of that was because I lived in the middle of nowhere in the Midwest, and it was like 2003, and I don't even think we had the internet at the fucking time. And fuck, magazines wouldn't talk about any of this shit, so the information wasn't as readily accessible back then as it is now. And I don't even... This just wasn't common back then. So I basically, after I ran my cycle of test, I basically stopped cold turkey whenever the test ran out. And about two weeks after that last injection, I felt like total fucking shit. I got depressed. I had no motivation. I couldn't get a hard-on to save my fucking life. And that shit lasted for six weeks until, you know, I started feeling normal again. But you know what? I lost about 90 fucking percent of my fucking gains from that. And a lot of, all of that bullshit could have been prevented had I ran uh, post-cycle therapy. You see, what happened in that situation was I basically replaced my own testosterone with synthetic test and shut it the fuck down. I didn't do PCT, had no testosterone in my body for almost two months until my body naturally recovered. And, man, I could, I could have prevented all that <laughs> had someone told me about post-cycle therapy. But it was such a fucking bad experience that it actually ruined weightlifting and anabolics and all that shit for me for several years. Because I was like, fuck, what's the point? Um, but moving on, you know, there's several different compounds that can be ran for PCT. But your most common are going to be Novodex and Clomid. Now... HMG and HCG are optional, but I would greatly advocate for HMG. See, let's, let's, let's talk about Clomid for a second. So Clomid, it's a CERM 
or what's known as a selective estrogen receptor modulator. Clomid has been around since like, I think the fucking late 60s, and it's primarily used to treat infertility, but it basically helps women get pregnant by, by stimulating ovulation. But it's also used for men who have hypergonadism issues. I mean, there's, there's a whole fucking process involved in the body, and it gets pretty complex. But it basically tells your nuts to start working on their own again. That's, that's pretty much the point of Clomid. Now, no, Novidex is also known as tamoxifen. And it's, it's also a serum that's been around forever. And it, was, it works in a different way than Clomid, and it was created as breast cancer medicine. Um, the compound basically keeps your estrogen rebounds at bay whenever you come off of the cycle. So you got the Clomid that tells your nuts to start working again, and you got the Novidex that keeps your estrogen levels in check. So some people... Uh, take serms during a cycle to prevent estrogen buildup, but I personally think that Clomid fucking sucks for that purpose. You know, your Arimidex that I mentioned uh, works way better at preventing those estrogen conversion from happening. And to be honest, I mean, HMG is superior to Clomid and Novidex as far as PCT, but a lot of people don't like fucking with that because it has, it's a peptide and it has to be reconstituted and injected. So most guys are going to find that dealing with HMG is a pain in the ass, <laughs> pun intended. Um, and they're going to prefer the, the oral route of the Clomid and the Novidex. So how do you do a, a, a PCT protocol that's effective? Now, everybody's different. I've made that pretty clear. But I'm going to tell you motherfuckers what works for me. Uh, whenever I cycled before I started doing TRT, uh, if I, in blasting and cruising, if I came off a cycle of testosterone, I'm not going to, I wouldn't start my PCT until the test was totally out, out of my system. So this is going to be based on the ester and how long its half-life is. So for example, test cypionate, pretty sure it has like a half-life of like eight to 12 days. So this means that it takes about two weeks before that hormone that exogenous hormone is going to clear out of your system. So I would wait about two weeks after the last injection to start my PCT. And this is because your body is going to have a harder time recovering if the synthetic hormone isn't out of your system because you need to let that shit clear out and then start your PCT so you can start letting the, the Clomid and the Novidex bring your body back to homeostasis and it can't do that if there's still synthetic testosterone in your body now i recover better when running clomid and novidex together back in the day whenever i used to do this the amount to be used i mean it's kind of dependent on your cycle strength and length but as your cycle gets heavier the more shit you're going to have to use with it like hmg hcg and all that other shit uh, so here's what I would suggest based off of my experience for a four week PCT with a basic testosterone cycle. Now keep in mind, everybody's different. Some are going to require less, more, whatever, but your week one and week two, I would do this. I would run the Clomid at 50 milligrams per day, and I would run your Novidex alongside that at 40 milligrams per day. So 50 on the Clomid and 40 on the Novidex week one and two. Now, week three and four, you're going to taper down to half of that. Week three and four, you're going to run your Clomid at 25 megs per day and your Novidex at just 20 megs per day. Now, ideally, you would like to add, I mean, if you want to be bulletproof with your PCT and go all the way, I'd suggest adding HMG at between 75 and 150 IUs per week to, to increase your sperm production and re restore your testicular volume. Um, like I said, the more shit you take, the more shit you're going to have to take during PCT. And I want to clear up a, a myth here. Steroids don't make your dick shrink, okay? That's fucking stupid. That's a myth that was put in place by fucking people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. 
What steroids will do, though, is because it shuts down your body's natural testosterone production, is it will temporarily reduce the size of your testicles while you're using those synthetic hormones because your testicles don't need to produce sperm if you're giving it uh, or your testicles don't need to produce sperm and testosterone if you're giving it exogenous synthetic testosterone. So your boys say, well, what's the point? We're going to shut the plant down for a while. So, you know, your HMG, when you take real HMG, your nuts start to swell up in a few days and you start shooting big old loads again. Um, but like I said, I'm going to make this very fucking clear. Anyone who isn't in, willing to invest the time, the, the self-education and research or money into PCT shouldn't be fucking with performance answers at all. PCT is an absolute must if you want to keep the results of all your hard work and you don't want to feel like shit after your cycle's over. And hey, there's, as far as where to get some of this stuff, you know, I'm not going to give you like fucking illegal steroid sources and shit, but I mean, there's some research chemical companies that have some of those PCT items. So, so a lot of you are going to sit here and wonder how long till I do my next cycle. This is not. This is if you're not going the TRT route. After you do your first cycle, and you get those badass fucking results, you're gonna want to get back on that cycle quick. Um, there's just a feeling that you have. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Everybody always says, "Well, I'll just do one cycle of fucking steroids. That's it. Just to give me that push where I need to be." Guys, it never fucking works like that. <laughs> no one ever just does one fucking cycle. The first time you do it and you get those fucking results and then you come off and you're normal again and natural again or whatever, you're going to be like, fuck, this sucks. So keep in mind, once you fucking stick that pin in your ass, I mean, you're probably going to be hooked just because of the fucking results. You know, I mean, it's otherworldly to a certain extent you're just going to have the burning desire uh that burning desire to get back on the sauce really soon after your pct but it's very important to allow yourself to have the proper time completely off of every everything before you start using again the rule of thumb is that time on plus pct should equal the amount of time that you stay off so if you run for example like a smaller eight-week cycle and a four-week PCT, you need to be off of the sauce completely for at least 12 weeks before starting again. And the reason behind this is that running cycles back-to-back with insufficient amount of time off is going to result in less overall gains and results over time. Your body's got to get time. It needs time to adjust back to normality or it's going to get used to all this shit you're putting in it and it's not going to work anymore. Insufficient amount of time is not going to, it's an insufficient amount of time will not allow your endocrine system to recover where it's going to properly function again. And if you're uh, wanting to cycle or you're thinking about trying it, if you don't do that shit and you don't take the right amount of time off, you're going to be taking this shit for the rest of your fucking life because you fucked your body's natural testosterone production up. Again, this is a marathon, not a fucking sprint. The whole point of this is to be safe, have a good time, get good results, feel healthy, and not screw yourself up. So, give you guys some final thoughts and a fair warning here. This isn't a lifestyle for the faint of maturity nor the shallow of wallets. Make sure you have enough monetary resources lined up to get everything in order. Like all the ancillary compounds, the PCT stuff, all the needed supplies. And you've planned every part of this out in detail in advance. The goal here is to make progress and have a great time doing so. The last thing you want to do is find yourself dealing with some unexpected problems or some side effects and not have the items that you needed to mitigate and deal with it. But the other thing to consider before dabbling with anabolics is that they are illegal in a lot of countries. So understand 
that if the law catches you with this shit, you could go to jail. I'm not trying to scare you guys, but that's the real possibility. And like I said, I'm not going to give sources out here. I mean, buying drugs is illegal. And it's, at the end of the day, that's your responsibility and all that shit. If you choose to even go down the, that path. My sole purpose here was to give you guys some information based off my experience that I wish someone had told me. Because we want to do things right. And at the end of the day, the decision is yours. And you you already know what you want to do. I just want to help you guys not fuck yourself up. Again, there might be some people that disagree with a few parts of some of the things that I've said or some of the things I've said I've done that have worked for me. Um, I tend to be conservative in my protocols because I'll tell you, you know, there's certain people that say, well, it's not bodybuilding unless you're running a gram of test per week. Guys, I fucking have done the whole 1,000 milligram gram of test per week. And I'm telling you, I didn't get many fucking benefits much above whenever I took 500 milligrams per week. Other than getting more fucking water retention and having fucking oily skin and acne. So more isn't always better with this shit, you know. The most test I would ever do now is 500 milligrams per week and just add a few other compounds on top of that because, you know, really, once you go above a certain level, you're just asking for more fucking side effects and you you get at that point of diminished returns, you know. So don't believe everything that everybody tells you. And there's some people like fucking Boston Lloyd that says, I run two fucking grams per week and I use you know, all this shit and all that shit, man, don't fucking listen to that crap. It's, that's a bunch of fucking ego driven bullshit. You know, just be safe guys. Use some common sense. Talk to more than just one fucking person. So hopefully this has helped some people out or at least been entertaining. But like I said, I don't condone the use of steroids. I'm not telling you guys to go out and buy the shit. I'm not telling you how to fucking do drugs and all that crap. I just want to give you guys some some advice based on my end if you if you plan on going down that path. So I'll talk talk to you guys next time. Take it easy.